When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday, May 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, we've, uh, we've got some movement, we've got some action here uh, with the announcement and the release of details about the upcoming June Major League Baseball first-year player draft, and it's going to be held June 10th and June 11th, similar to the NFL draft that took place back in April with sort of a virtual style, virtual feeling, but... The big difference this year is that the draft goes from 40 rounds, as it was in the past, down to five, and that's that's it. You've got uh, most teams will have five picks. The Indians are going to have six six picks because of a competitive balance pick, but that that's it. Six picks within those first five rounds, and then after that, it's sort of the wild west in terms of signing free agents. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Joe. I know they've already started. The Indians have already started having Zoom meetings with their scouts, you know, under normal conditions. This is when the scouts would be coming into Cleveland, when they put the draft board together. Uh, you know, you'd have your cross checkers come in. Then you'd have the area scouts come in. And, uh, you, you, you know, uh, the front office would be sitting in on those meetings. So now they're doing it all, you know, on Zoom calls and uh, and just trying to get it together. It's going to be – I wonder what how they put the big board together. Where, where, <laughs> where, where exactly is that? And uh, can we get in? Can we can we get in on that? Sneak in on that on a, a pirate one of their Zoom calls and well, and, see, and see who who they've got ranked from uh, one to five hundred or well, I guess the players the the board would probably be a little reduced this year. Yeah, it's got to be a much reduced and with no high school season anywhere to to speak of or uh, no college season or anything like that. It's got to be even more difficult for these scouts to to sort of evaluate talent. These they they have to have guys you know that they've been looking at since they were sophomores, juniors in college, in, in high school, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, in in talking to Scott Scott Barnesby earlier, he said they felt pretty good about the backlog of uh, video and uh, scouting reports that they've seen on these guys, the college kids and the high school kids over the years. And he said, you know, the, the scouts, their scouts were still on the road in, in January, in January and, and February, really, in, before they got pulled off in March uh, when, when uh, you know, the season was shut down by the virus. So they have a backlog. I, th- I, don't, I think it's, it's still a difficult job, you know, because usually this is a time of year where, you know, somebody gets hot and, you know, an injured prospect an injured kid that was, you know, injured last year, you see how he's progressed and do you take a chance on him like uh, an Ethan Hankins uh, Mm -hmm. last year when, when he kind of, you know, dropped down the uh, draft, the draft ladder because of a shoulder injury, the Indians still took him. So, you know, those kind of guys kind of get lost in the shuffle, you know, so that's, that's going to be an interesting thing to see how they handle that. 
Daniel Espino was the Indians' number one overall pick, uh, last or first round pick last year. Uh, he's progressed. He's he's ranked among the top prospects in the Indians organization right now. Uh, we, we talked a, a little bit about him on a podcast uh, last month with our our Indians uh, minor league expert, uh, the the uh, uh, Indians perspective account uh, Todd. Um, he, he he joined us. Espino. Uh, you know, right-handed power arm, uh, starting uh, profiles as a starting pitcher. Uh, any idea or any guess or speculation where the Indians could go, what direction they could go in with, uh, you know, that, that first pick that um, I believe it's 23rd overall. Uh, any, any ideas what they're looking at in, in that regard? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know what the, who the player would be, but, you know, just by, by going on their past history, uh, you know, the last five, five drafts, five of the last six drafts, they, dra- they drafted a high school player with their number one pick. You know, Espino, Bo Naylor, Quinton Holmes, Will Benson, Brady Aiken, who was you know, kind of borderline, one year mm-hmm. removed from high school. Um, uh, then they took Zimmer in 2014. Not, he was a college outfielder. And then they went right back to uh, Clint Frazier in 2013, a high school outfielder. So I would think uh, they're probably leaning toward, you know, a prep player, a kid that they, they, they could, you know, they seem to have, you know, they seem to feel would have a higher ceiling than a college player. And, yeah, that's sort of always the, the risk-reward is that you you miss on a lot more high school players, but – the upside is actually could actually be you know really good. You look at a Francisco Lindor coming out of high school; he was a can't miss prospect. So uh, let's uh, you know, and they also have just based on what they have in their minor league system uh, that that sort of glut of middle infield, you know, switch hitting profile sort of uh, guys like Brian Rocchio. Uh, they have it seems like they have so many of them in the organization right now. Do you think maybe the outfield might be something they would address as far as a need there? Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the mock drafts that I've seen um, uh, have them taken, you know, it seems like they're leaning toward, they would be leaning toward a, a pitcher, a high school pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a kid uh, <clears throat> kid from uh, uh, Texas, high school pitcher, Jared Kelly. Uh, that uh, you know that that has been mentioned a few times that he he could be you know somebody they they take a look at and and I you know I don't know Joe I think uh, it's you know when you look at I I don't think they draft according to what the big league club needs you know right. because the big league club changes you know you and me know how much the big league change club can change in a year or two you know look at the turnover the Indians have had in the last three years. I think they, they usually go by a kid that they really like. I mean, Espino, a right-handed pitcher, Bo Naylor, a catcher, Quinton Holmes, you know, a, an outfielder, Will Benson, an outfielder, Aiken, left-handed pitcher, you know, uh, Clint Frazier, an outfielder. So, you know, I, I don't think you can draft by what the big league club needs right now, you know. Right. I mean, I, I, I based that, that last question on, you know, what they have in the organization in, in the lower minors, just yeah. looking at so many of those. And, the, and a lot of those guys aren't, aren't even draft guys. Those are a lot of international signees that they have 
It, it just seems like they have so many either switch hitting or bat first uh, middle infielders in that in the low minors that you know it 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 would stand to reason that they would not want to you know keep adding to that if, if unless they're going to plan on moving some guys around. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I would think so. And it seems like every player they draft in internationally is a is a middle switch hitting middle infielder. Switch right? hitting middle infielder. Yeah. Uh, the the 2016 draft is is probably going to be held up as the model and the you know the example for this franchise for years to come. It, when you consider the talent that they brought into this organization, that's already helping. You know, just you know, three four years removed from that draft, they're already getting contributions from Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali, uh, just up and down the, the, the list of, of picks in that draft. Uh, can, can Barnes be, you know, sort of duplicate that? Is that, is that possible? Uh, I guess it depends, you know, what, what kind of class, what, what kind of talent is out there and uh, who, how good their scouts were good, you know, have, have been, uh, that's so far that's been a great draft. And, uh, I'm not, was I don't know if Barnsby was the scouting director then or Brad Grant. He, he wasn't the scout. Grant was the director at that time, and Barnsby took over, I believe, the year after that. Yeah, and I think there was some guys, maybe lower in that draft too, that that may have helped. Or I don't you know. I think I, I don't know if we're missing a name there, but but yeah, no. I mean, those are three pretty good picks. What uh, Savali was a third round pick, Bieber a fourth round pick, and. Plesak, I think, was a 12th-round pick, so that's not bad. And, and Plesak was coming off Tommy John, right? So, you know, they took a gamble there, and, and, and it worked. Right. So the, the draft takes place uh, June 10th, June 11th. It's going to air on ESPN and Major League Baseball Network. You can also catch the first round on Indians.com. Uh, these are the announcements, the details that were made uh, today. It, it's sort of going to look like that NFL draft where they, they had – cameras in all the GM's, you know, houses and, and everybody was getting uh, updates and, and interviews via Zoom calls and uh, all pretty interesting. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, it'll be the first time really anybody's going to really sort of be paying attention to the uh, Major League Baseball draft because there's not going to be much else going on at, at, at that time uh, unless that is the, the, the targeted time when uh, spring training part two is supposed to to open up. And so that, that sort of dovetails into this idea of uh, where the Indians would prefer to, to, to sort of hold that spring training part two. Yeah. Uh, talking to Chris Antonetti yesterday, Joe, uh, he, he said they, you know, I mean, this has been pretty, we've talked about it before, but he kind of confirmed it, that if, if the health conditions are right and the city officials and state officials and county officials approve their uh, return to play plan, the Indians would like to, uh, you know, conduct spring training too, so to speak, in at Progressive Field. Um, and I think, you know, it, I think I would anticipate if, if it does, if this does come about, they probably have between 50 and 60 players there. Uh, that's a lot of space. And, you know, it seems to be like the protocols would call for, you know, you know, uh, limited workouts. I mean, by, you know, only so many staggered workouts between groups of players. So, I think some other facilities might come into play, like at at East Lake Classic Field, and uh, in Akron where the Rubber Ducks play, and also I think some some places around around uh, the city. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know the question that I have is, are they going to have enough mounds for all the pitchers that they 
that, you know, just practical things like that. It, it's, it, it really is going to take a lot of extra planning. Uh, and do we know if, if Brad Mills is going to be back with the club? Is, is he still away or on a leave or is he? No, he's back. Okay. He's so back. he's back. He's so that, I mean, you're, you're talking Terry Francona's right-hand man when it comes to, to planning these sort of things uh, and, and player movement throughout camp and, and who, who is where. So, I, I mean, I guess that's important in its own right. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to look like just your, your standard daily trip to the park where we see batting practice uh, starting at, at a certain time. It's, it's going to be all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking like both bullpens, what are there, six six mounds in, or three mounds in each There's bullpen? Three mounds in each pen, yeah. So you could, you know, that's when in spring training you usually kind of – they use that. They have like sticks across at, at Goodyear. I think that that one section where all the pitchers throw early in se- in season, and then you got the mound in the center of the diamond. And I think if you if you need if pitchers need to work, uh, you know, uh, Chris, he, uh, I mean, even even the facilities at St. Ignatius were mentioned that they could they might use those too. So and and where the Lake County Crushers play in Avon, so you know, I think they've they've got plenty of facilities. You know, it's just a matter of uh, <laughs> will the season be played or not. Right. And, you know, we've talked at length this week about the the economic proposals and, and the players' opposition to uh, taking further pay cuts. Uh, you know, no nothing new uh, other than, uh, you know, discussions and, and sort of banter back and forth in that regard, no new proposals. But uh, we, we have seen uh, some movement in terms of teams cutting loose uh, minor league players uh, that that took place last night. Uh, we, we saw from a couple more uh, clubs, the, the A's uh, rather than paying their, their minor leaguers a stipend of, of $400 uh, a week are cutting loose. Some guys who would have normally been cut at the end of spring training. Anyways, uh, they're just not holding them, you know, sort of hostage during this time. Uh, well, what's the Indians situation in that turn as it relates to, cutting loose minor league players or paying their guys through, through the, you know, end of June. Well, they were, uh, they were, they were talking about both, you know, uh, minor league uh, releases and uh, paying the, paying the minor league players, you know, what their, what their, what their plan would be. And I think uh, something I, I would, I would anticipate something, the the team making an, an announcement somewhere today or this weekend. I mean, you know, what, uh, the end of May is Sunday. So, you know, you've really got to make a decision here. And like you said, Joe, a lot of these cuts would have been made in spring training if they had a normal spring training, but you know, like teams like Seattle, you know, from what I read, they cut what they released 50 minor league players. I don't even, that's a lot of players. I don't know how many players they had in camp, but uh, I mean, even over the course of spring training, that's a lot of players. It seems and and you're talking about guys who are, you know, the 23rd, 24th, 25th guy on their minor league roster right. who, who probably wouldn't be playing much if they did go to, uh, you know, short season or, uh, you know, they, they probably wouldn't even be making those clubs that would, would head east, you know, at, the, at that time. So these guys are, are getting like a jump on the, the next phase of their career or their lives. Uh, you know, it's almost like these guys are, are going to be out of baseball. Uh, and, and that was sort of what, what these teams are doing. It's almost like a mercy killing. 
Yeah, I mean, and everybody gets cut at, you know, there's always a bunch of cuts in, in, in late in spring training for the minor leaguers. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I see this maybe as a kind of a, uh, you know, a harbinger of, uh, for, uh, you know, 2021 and down the road where teams aren't carrying two to 300 minor league players anymore, where they cut back on their minor league clubs. Um, you know, they improve the pay to players and find a way to, uh, you know, make these players advance or, you know, advance these players either in, in complex, you know, the complex teams like the Indians have two in the Arizona fall, a rookie league team. And so they don't have to go from low A, that's high A to double A and triple A that, you know, maybe the, the developmental process gets, uh, you know, collapses a little bit and, and gets, and they just don't need nine or nine teams anymore to do that. Right. And what also helps a team like the Indians is having that uh, Dominican Academy uh, and, and that training complex down there. Uh, where you've you've you, you've invested a lot in that, and it, it it's going to pay off in terms of the the quality of prospects you're getting out of the international ranks. But you can also use that facility in a lot of different ways. And it, rather than, like you said, paying for 200 plus minor league, uh, you know, players, you you've got more prospects that you can focus on. You can focus those, your energy on the top guys as opposed to uh, having to support them with, you know, a, a bunch of guys who really don't ever have a shot of making the big leagues. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they, the international uh, prospects that the Indians sign, um, you know, they all, whether they're signed it from Venezuela or Colombia or, you know, any Latin America country, they they really go to the Dominican to that academy, so they're funneled through there. I think some of the kids that uh, couldn't go back to Venezuela uh, at when when spring training was suspended on March 12th uh, because of the political unrest there, they couldn't go home. Uh, are are still still in the Dominican, right? So uh, so you know that's uh, you know that's a kind of a refuge for them, and it also like you said, it could be a it, well, it's supposed to be a you know really a, a key developmental source. They're 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 all hanging out in the Dominican, hanging out with Fran Mill. He's driving in <laughs> uh, ninety minutes each way for from his uh, from his home to to work out with those guys. Uh, they're probably having the time of their life hanging out with Fran Mill. He's a uh, yeah. fun guy. Uh, you know, hey, Joe, I found I found it interesting. There was you know there's players working out in Goodyear and some players at Progressive Field right now in Goodyear. You know, when we, you know, we talked, uh, we talked to Simber and a couple guys on our podcast, right. and they had all stayed out there. And now the facility's open and they're training out there. And Jose Ramirez is one of those guys. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think th- that's good to hear, you know, at least, you know, Jose is out there and, uh, <laughs> staying in shape and, uh, well, and, we, we have seen on, on social, if you, if you've been following on Instagram and on, on some of the social media platforms, that, that some of the players have been posting, you know, workouts here and there. Uh, if you've been following, Carlos Carrasco continues to be the international man of mystery. And I, 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 you know, it's been fun following in the last couple of off seasons, cookies travels as he goes and he takes his camera and his family and he goes, uh, you know, on safari and all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't do that this year, but I, if you follow his Instagram and his, uh, his live story on Instagram, 
he doesn't stay put in one place for very long. One minute he's down in Florida, one minute he's back up in Cleveland working out <laughs> at Progressive Field. The next he was driving down, he was in Columbus. He took a trip down to Kentucky, I thought I saw. So, like, it, it, he really does have that itch and that he's a traveling man. He, he, can't, he can't stay put for very long in, in one place. Yeah, baseball players are kind of a – they don't have very deep roots. They're used to moving, especially this time of year. You know, they, I'm sure they're, they're, there's a lot of claustrophobia going on with those guys. You wonder how many of them miss actually, you know, living out of a suitcase and, and going from hotel to hotel. Uh, it's, it's something that you have to sort of get used to. I'm sure you, you're used to it. How, how are you surviving not, not you know, being in the airport – uh, every every other week, basically, uh, at, at this time of year. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm just been in, in a like state of limbo. So I've I've handled it pretty well. I'm. But it's. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> I just. But you, I know what you mean, though. I like. You know, it's. You know, you sit for like you're in the same place for a week, and you you feel like, hey, I should be in Detroit right now, or I should be in Chicago, or or something. You know, oh. it's it's weird. And, and and I set that by like we should have made what a, a trip or two to Detroit already at this time. I'm yeah. so missing Slow's Barbecue, uh, hanging out with the uh, the other reporters there, getting uh, getting some brisket and uh, some of their uh, apple barbecue sauce. It's fantastic. It's a it's a whole reason to make that trip. But That's right. Yeah, I certainly don't care about seeing them beat up on the Tigers for you know 17 wins in 18 games or whatever it was last year. Uh, <laughs> All right, hey, uh, real quick, we also wanted to mention uh, a real interesting, real uh, nice story out of L.A. where David Price uh, is donating a million dollars out of his own pocket to sort of pay for these minor league players in the Dodgers system to sort of add to their stipend and, and what they're receiving through through the end of June. Uh, just a, a real classy gesture. It mirrors what we saw from uh, Shinsu Chu earlier in the offseason. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, I – it, you know, I applaud uh, David Price for doing that. I applaud Shinsu Chu, you know, and, and, you know, you really, I think a lot, uh, some stuff we don't see a lot of, you know, and I do think some, some of the big leaguers really do take care of the, the minor league players. You know, I remember, uh, I think uh, there was a couple of Indians players, uh, Julio Franco, and I, I think Lindor, you would collect, you know, spare equipment, jerseys and stuff, and bats and gloves. and and, and uh, cleats and uh, for the minor leaguers I always remember guys doing that but you know monetarily that's a big thing you know, money you know for those those kids that aren't really they don't you know kids that didn't get big signing bonuses right and there's a there's a lot more of them than there are the, the guys that got them and uh, for guys that are just trying to get by and sitting at home and wondering if they're going to keep what you know where they're where their next check is coming from, or are they going to play baseball? And it, and it really doesn't look like there's going to be a minor league a minor season league at season. all this right. year. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, incredible. And, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's much appreciated. All right, Paul, uh, a lot of news today, uh, a little bit more maybe over the weekend. Hopefully we, we see some progress in this negotiation process. And, and by early next week, we, we have something to report, something to talk about. Uh, until then, we'll, we'll keep checking in here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.